began to work in a corporate job. It was apparently it was a good job, but he didn't last very long. He got fired after about three months. Um, he didn't really know where he belonged. I remember being 23. I didn't really know who I was or which was my right or my left, really. I, I didn't know a lot at 23. I, I thought I did, but now looking back, you realize at 23, you don't know very much. He realized he did not know very much. He didn't know, know his place or his purpose. So so he knew he didn't have the answers, so what he decided to do was to ask questions and simply listen. So in 2011, he began his walk across America. Now he went from Philadelphia to the Pacific Coast, and he wore a sign that says, Walking to Listen. So he walked from, let's see if I get this right, Chads Ford, Pennsylvania, down to New Orleans, and all the way to San Francisco. And his sole purpose was to listen to those along the way. And his way was difficult. It was long. It was filled with peril and danger. I was reading that there were alligators and, and snakes and, and a, a few animals that did not want to be nice to him. But his destination was always in his mind every morning as he woke up, every night as he went to bed. But even though his destination was in, in his mind, it was the journey that would have the most transforming effect on him. So as he walked, he listened. He heard stories. He was blessed by some of the best hospitality and some of the best home-cooked meals he said he had ever eaten. He saw faith, bigotry, love, hatred. He saw misunderstanding, pain, expressed through people who were misunderstood, people who were in pain. One such people that he came across were the Navajo Indians, the Navajo Nation. In fact, he was a little frightened whenever he entered their territory. He did not know how they were going to react to a person like him traveling through their territory. But what he found was a community who welcomed him into his family. And, okay, so when they found out why he was walking, because he had the sign walking to listen, when he found out why he was walking, they broadcast it over their radio. They have a Navajo Nation radio. They broadcast it, and then people began to reach out to him, to drive, to search for him. In fact, one town he entered, he finally made it into one of these towns, and he discovered they had set up a party for him in his name, in his honor. Can you imagine that? A stranger being cared for by a nation of unheard and disregarded people. They gave him a Navajo name. The Boy Who Walks. It's pretty cool, isn't it? So he kept listening, he kept going, and discovered that there are several types of walking. Because he walked day after day after day. He discovered there's fear walking. When you're severely afraid, but you continue to walk, you have to walk. He discovered that, that there's dream walking. You know, those moments when you're so tired and you start seeing things. Hopefully you're not dream driving, but it's probably the same thing, right? You're so tired, you start seeing things, you start hallucinating a little bit, um, but you continue to walk. And then he said there's weep walking. 
I thought that was interesting. When you're sad, when you're discouraged, when you're lonely, but you can't stop. You weep and you walk. So finally, he arrived at his destination and his mother and his father, and to his surprise, many of the people who had met him along the way were there to greet him at the end of his journey. Now, I couldn't help thinking about how similar his story is to ours as followers of Jesus. So today we begin a new sermon series. We're going to be going straight through Easter with this sermon series. And, and my hope is, as we make our way through the next few Sundays, what we're going to be reminded of is not only our destination, but also of the road we are taking to get there. Because our focus is on the end, isn't it? It's on the destination. I, we have our eyes focused forward. But, but let's not minimize our day-to-day as just an obstacle between us and God. Something that we have to get through to get to heaven. The destination is important. Yes, it's, it's important when we pass from here to there. When we, like Jesus, experience resurrection. Because it's going to happen. For followers, we're going to experience resurrection just like Jesus did. And we're going to get to spend eternity with God. It's the ultimate reward. Imagine that. Being an arm's length of light and life and love. Painlessness. No tears. We think of it. We dream of it. We imagine it. And we trust that we will see it the day we take our last breath. Our destination needs to be in our mind. Because it needs to be that thing that directs us to that end. That that beginning. But the end can only be realized when we decide to walk down the road that leads to this life. So my question for us today... Have we begun to walk? Jesus tells us very clearly in John. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I mean, imagine, this is a very bold statement Jesus is making. Jesus, he's saying that he is the way. And in a very real sense, his way is the way. The way of Jesus is the way to the Father. His way is the way to heaven. His way in everything that entails. His faith, His compassion, His empathy, His forgiveness, grace, mercy, endurance, His persistence, His love. This is what those first disciples followed. You know, so in those early years, in the Hebrew culture, when... When a disciple would follow their teacher, their, their, their rabbi, they would listen to them and they would stay so close to them. They would follow closely so they could hear him, listen to him, learn from him. They watched him eat. They would, they would try to adapt the mannerisms of their rabbi. They would, they would look at how they spent their quiet time they would look what they did after they ate if they would go off to a a quiet place to pray they would try to go off to a quiet place to pray you know those when it talks about the garden how his disciples were a close way away this was that 
a habit, a practice. They would be so close to their rabbi because they wanted to be like him. In fact, a, a Hebrew idea says that, that it is an honor for a disciple to be covered in the dust of their rabbi. That's how close they followed. Which means that whatever road their teacher walked, they would walk and travel down that same road. Whatever he did, they would do. So if Jesus says, I am the way to God, they would be right behind him every step of that way. Now when it came to those early disciples, their focus was on a destination. And I would have to say that their idea of a destination was a little flawed. Right? Earthly power. National power. Now they knew the Hebrew Scriptures... They believed that Israel would be restored, but, but they could still only see through eyes that were, that were inexperienced. So what Jesus did for them as they walked closely behind and beside, what Jesus did was to cast for them a vision, what was to come. And He helped them to instead to fix their eyes on Him on Him so that they could not see the destination apart from Him. Jesus would become their destination. He would become their end, their beginning. The road that Jesus walked became their road. Remember Matthew 7 in the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many will enter through it. But small is the gate, narrow is the way, is the road that leads to eternal life, and only a few will find it. One thing Jesus makes very clear here is that our destination, it depends on which road we choose. Jesus says that the way to life is down this narrow road, down His road, His way. And whereas this may seem simple enough, we live in a culture of options and choices, don't we? In fact, option and choice has kind of become our way of life. It drives our economy. It drives our lunch choices. It drives our direction. It drives our happiness. Choices, choices. In fact, whenever some cultures we discover don't have options for choices, we kind of look down on them as less, as inferior, narrow-minded. I do. I sometimes wonder how, how our culture has shaped our view of the way of Jesus and this narrow road. So a question I've been asking myself this week, have I sought out the narrow road? Have you sought out the narrow road? Jesus said you can't begin walking down it until you look for it. You have to search for it. Small is the gate, narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few will find it. Have you found it yet? I think if you look for it, you will. And once I think we find it, we, we have another choice. We have to choose to walk it. 
And this is the difficulty that many of us face, isn't it? We stand at this crossroads of life where we have to choose which road we're going to take. Sometimes we just sit down. <laughs> I know, we just sit and we're like, okay, what are we going to do? Sometimes we're, maybe we think we're too tired to start because it's going to be a long journey. Or maybe we're just too tired. Maybe, maybe we think it's too difficult. Maybe, maybe we're still thinking we can kind of make our way back and forth from road to road. You know, when it gets too tough, maybe we'll just look for the, the easier path. It's understandable because when we're afraid or, or when we're tired or whenever we're sad, discouraged, why would God want us to walk down such a difficult road, right? He wants, he wants me to be happy. <laughs> this is the things that go through my mind. Because, you know, whenever you think about it, the way that Jesus lived, the road he took, it got him killed. I mean, why would we want that for ourselves? What I'm realizing is the road, the narrow road, is demanding. And it does require that we live in a particular way. The way of Jesus. And you know what? It is difficult to be patient with people. It's difficult to love when you aren't loved in return. To be hospitable. To say, I'm sorry. To, to stay true to your commitments even when you don't want to. Open up yourself to people who might take advantage of you. Maybe even to let somebody go because they don't want to be with you. Man. To walk this road and to do right whenever no one else seems to care, that's hard. I mean, I understand how people would rather take a different road. But I think we need to remember that every other road, every other way of living... It's going to lead us somewhere else. Some people choose not to walk anywhere. They simply stay put. They rest in what they think they know. They think they'll be okay. I get it. I understand that. But I think in that mindset, our world becomes smaller. Our mindset becomes more narrow-minded. It becomes limited. And when we decide to stay put, we don't have any room for anyone else in our life or anything else except ourselves. There's little room for anything else. When we are sitting or going our own way, and I know it's frightening, but there's no life unless we are willing to walk in the way of Jesus down his road. Now, the good news, the gospel, is that God has already prepared the way for you. The road. It's difficult, but you know what? It is filled with light. When you follow the light of the world, you will never walk in darkness. Ever. When you decide to walk and you realize that you won't just find life at the end, you're going to find life every step of the way. Thank you, Ed, for reading the Scripture. Ephesians 2. Man, I love that. Uh, put that slide up. Um, Looking at this passage, we were dead in our transgressions and sins. God made us alive with Christ even when we were dead. He raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him. 
He wants to show us incomparable riches. These are expressed in His kindness. He's graceful and we've been saved through faith. This is not anything we can do. God has prepared the way for us. This is a gift by God. It's not by the things that we do. We can't boast in our own self and the things that, that, that we think we're good at because we are God's creation. He's given us all of this. He's even prepared the way for us, this narrow road, even though it is difficult. He, we were created by a God so that we could find Him. We were created in Christ Jesus to do good. And good is found in the way of Jesus. Good is found whenever we decide and choose to walk. I mean, are we walking down this road? Or are we still trying to make our way on the wide road that seems to be leading us to success, status? I'm, I'm sorry, it's, it's going to lead to death. But the way's been prepared for us. And yes, some, these are the things that don't look good on the brochure, right? On the Christian Life brochure. The road, the narrow road that leads to life, it is going to require that we die. To ourself, that we let things go. But I'm going to tell you something. It's also going to lead us to resurrection. Just like Jesus. New life. New hope, new strength, a new heart. Resurrection through the Spirit of God is going to grant us a forever life. So for this young man who decided to walk across America, it began about him, right? His future, his place, his purpose. But I think the journey became about something much, much more than that. His destination, his journey, was he was transformed by those people and the conversations that he met and he had along the way. You know, his journey cost him 11 months, 4,000 miles, less than $1,000, and five pair of shoes. So on the last day, when he arrived, he said he was weep-walking. It's not a lot of things guys like to say. But he sees the ocean and he sees all of those people that have traveled to see him arrive at his destination. The most notable were people from the Navajo Nation had driven to see him. His friends, his new friends, the one he listened to, the nation who had been disregarded and ignored had made the journey to see this 23-year-old boy. And they gave him a new name. His new name, no longer the boy who walks. His new name, the Navajo name, was now the man who walks for us. His journey was complete, but he was not the same. He was different, transformed with a new perspective, a new name, and a story to share. Revelation chapter 2 says, Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give him some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it. 
known only to the one who receives it. Life, a new name, waits down Resurrection Road. So keep walking. The strength you need will come from the very Spirit which will lead you if you let it. By seeing and hearing those people we meet along the way, think the love and the faith we share even when we don't feel like it. The love and faith we share will shape us in ways that only the Father can foresee. And I think while we are being shaped and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, other people are being shaped as well. But none of this can happen until we decide to get up and walk. So my question, are you walking? I don't care how old you are, how young you are, are you walking? Are you trying to find this road if you haven't found it yet? Are you stopped? Maybe you've given up. Maybe maybe you don't know what else to do. And I'm going to encourage you, let God help you walk through your fear. Let God help you walk in the midst of your exhaustion. And let God help you walk in the midst of your tears and your pain. It's okay to weep walk. Just keep walking. Choose to walk and He will do the rest for you. He will give you the Spirit to continue. And when it seems like you can't go another step, He will help you move one more step. His power is there and it's waiting for you. Life, light, they're waiting for you. Resurrection is waiting for you. Will you walk? Let's stand together. Let's sing as you respond. I'm here if you need me.